get really honest with yourself. Is this a hobby or is this a business opportunity? I think a lot of people wanna turn their hobbies into businesses. Some people can do that, some people can't. And you have to get really clear with if it is a hobby that you enjoy doing, does it actually add value to other people's lives? Welcome to the She Shines podcast with your hosts, brand photographer and serial entrepreneur, Anna Laura, and super proud career woman with a passion for entrepreneurship, Alex. Tune in for some connection, community, and girl talk. Plus, join their conversations with other entrepreneurs and professionals who've been there, built that, and are paying it forward. They'll take your burning questions and turn them into actionable steps with a glass of champagne in hand. Here we go. In today's episode, we chat with multi-passionate powerhouse Sasha, who helps female entrepreneurs find clarity of their brand through refined voice, visuals, and you know our favorite word, value. After spending more than a decade in higher education and the corporate world as a content and marketing director, Sasha left a six-figure salary to live life on her own terms. She became a certified personal coach and an energy leadership index master practitioner, and then she went on to create two businesses, Vacay Beauty and Fierce Boss Co. Yes, at VK Beauty, she provides natural spray tans and skincare that empowers glow getters to love the skin they're in. And over at Fierce Bosco, her mission is to empower aspiring and new female entrepreneurs to unapologetically own who they are, create brands they're obsessed with, and become fierce bosses with thriving, profitable businesses. Yes. Ooh, so much yes. This episode is sure to add so much, you guessed it, value to your business. And a quick PS, girlfriend, if you love this conversation, can you please let us know in the form of a podcast review? You can tell us how you're feeling by popping into Apple Podcast, search the She X Shines podcast, click those five little stars, and then write us a little review where you can share your favorite takeaway from this episode. We can't wait to hear what you think. We would be so appreciative if you took the time out of your very busy schedule because, girlfriend, we are over here trying to make an impact on the world and we cannot do it without your help. If you've ever wished someone could bundle up personal development in a box and ship it right to your doorstep, Lo and her Passion and Growth subscription box are on a mission to do just that. Through her journey of struggling with anxiety and self-doubt, Lo, the creator of Passion and Growth, started a deep dive into her own personal development, asking herself the hard questions, reading, journaling, connecting with like-minded women. And, you know, once she did that, she began to learn what actual self-love and self-care looks like. And hint, hint, it's more than a bubble bath. And now, through the Passion and Growth Box, Lo is taking what she learned on her journey and is passing it on to other women. Passion and Growth is driven by the opportunity to ensure women feel encouraged, supported, and have a safe place where they can be unapologetically ambitious. Head over to passionandgrowth.com with code SHEXSHINES15 for 15% off your first box, or visit the link in our show notes now to shop. Welcome back to the She Shines podcast, everybody. We are beyond honored to have our dear friend and fierce boss herself, Miss yes. Sasha. Sasha, welcome to the She Shines podcast. Thank you, ladies. I'm so excited to be here and get our little dance party on podcast <laughs> style. <laughs> We are so excited to have you. And like Anna-Laura said, we have been friends for a while. So it's just always great to not only catch up with friends, but also see how they're doing in their own business lives and and also get some pretty solid advice and tips from <laughs> how they're running their side of things. Yes, yeah. you guys have been, it's been so incredible to watch you grow too and to be part of the She Shine community from almost the beginning. I know I didn't make mm -hmm. that first event because I think I had an event, but um, I feel like I've been with you guys since the beginning and I just love to see everything that you're doing. I'm always so impressed by you too. Well, coming from you, that means everything. Um, mm -hmm. So we're going to get way more into Sasha's background and how her entire journey and how she got to what she is doing today. We love stories of evolution and multi-passionate women really pursuing all their passions. So let's go ahead. Let's dive on in. 
Sasha, we know before you dove into the entrepreneurship world, you worked in corporate for a major company, huge global, well-known tech company. Uh, So what was your background before that? Like what made you take the jump from full-time employee to becoming a full-time entrepreneur? Yeah, great question. So I never wanted to be an entrepreneur necessarily. (laughs) I never even knew that I was going to go into marketing or go into communications in the way that I did. I actually got my undergrad degree a million years ago now in anthropology and communications. I kind of got a a dual degree, but I honestly saw myself like out there like an archaeologist. I was like, I'm going to go, you know, I'm going to go hang out with the pyramids and I'm going to dig up bones. And like, I was that kind of a nerdy, you know, really into anthropology, into culture, into studying people. Um, And one of my advisors said, Hey, you know, you should really think about communications, get it as a second degree. It's going to help you in the anthropology field. I was like, okay, sure, lady. Sounds good. Why not? And, you know, from there, I really fell in love with communications. I fell in love with understanding how people relate to each other using language. And to me, it's still really kind of played in the anthropology field. Um, So after college, this is like 2009, I think I graduated. I uh, worked for a year in healthcare administration, thought I was then going to go into health policy, right? Using words, using people, also using health, all of these things. Worked in the health field for a year and was not built for it. It was like, this is way too scary seeing sick people. You know, I just, I can't handle it. So I went back to grad school for communications and the program I went to was in Colorado State University. It was really focused on rhetoric. And at the time, I just thought that was a fantastic word for communication, but what it really was is influence. So that's when I really got my first taste of the power of influence. Um, and you know, it, my, my program covered all sorts of things from public speaking to marketing, um, to media, to, you know, speech writing, like you kind of learn it all in that course of the two years. And when I was done, I still really didn't know what I wanted to do, but I was obsessed with the idea that words can truly influence everything about human behavior. And so I ended up getting an internship at this company called Otterbox, which a lot of people know it's a cell phone case company. um, And it was corporate communication. So I thought, okay, this is interesting. This is taking that, you know, that influence, that communication and looking at it within a corporation. So really working with leaders to see how they influence their employees to increase engagement, increase performance, yada, yada. So I actually started my career then in corporate communications, that internship turned into a full-time job, turned into, you know, four or five years later, (laughs) still doing the same kind of thing. Um, And then I got sick of it and I kind of moved into marketing project management within that same company. Um, And that's when I started to get a taste for what it looks like to influence other people to do things kind of at a bigger scale. So Um, As a project manager, I started to kind of work with designers and copywriters and all different types of people on a marketing team to see how they put together graphics or ads or, you know, whatever to get other people to buy those cell phone cases. (laughs) So from there... I, um, I did that for about a year or so, and then I moved on to this tech company. It was like a tech and sales company, um, and they were B2B, which means business to business. So now, instead of influencing consumers and influencing employees, I started to learn about influencing other businesses to do business with you. Um, and I worked my way up to director of content marketing, um, and it was two years ago this month, actually, that I left that job. Um, But that was kind of, you know, my career over 10 years is really focusing on learning to influence all these different types of people to either make a sale, increase performance or engagement or, um, you know, build a relationship like a business relationship. So, yeah, so that answers hopefully that question. (laughs) My crazy career, I feel like it was for the most part in the same um, the same field, you would say, but it was just learning all the different types of ways that communication can be so incredibly powerful. And yeah, does that answer your question? Yeah, I, first of all, I just want to touch on because so many women, not only within our community, but I feel like you hear friends and family talking about like 
how much time things take, right? And just hearing to hearing your story and your journey. And this was new for me. I don't know, Anna Laura, if you knew all of the the <laughs> the professional history of Miss Sasha Fierce over here, but from archaeology, health policy, grad school studying rhetoric, corporate communications, marketing project management, tech sales, director of content marketing, like hello, all those things. And I'm sure along the way you like you said, you grabbed so many skills along the way that have led you to this amazing entrepreneur that you are today. So I I just really wanted to repeat that <laughs> resume again for women listening that like if you if you're not sure where you are right now, like it's okay. Like you're gonna learn something and bring that to the next. And it's okay to figure it out and, and to have another job and make sure you're constantly learning and evolving. So I just I just love that. And I'm also shocked because I didn't know you had all those amazing positions. And archaeology. Hello. <laughs> I know. You know, I still sometimes think like, wouldn't that have been cool? But, um, you know, with going to grad school for anthropology, for a lot of um, a lot of the programs, you had to immerse yourself in a different culture and like a different country. And I wasn't ready for that at the time. So I'm like, mm, stick with communication. But you know what? It turned out. Um, but I think that's a great point, Alex. Like, a lot of women, I think especially young women, you know, and in my 20s, I had that pressure on myself too of I got to figure it out, right? Is this it? Is this really going to be what I do for the rest of my life? And even though I look back on my career and I really had like three solid companies that I worked for, every single year was like a different role or a different learning experience. And I think if you can look at wherever you are and, and see that as a learning experience or your greatest teacher, you're going to continue to set yourself up. Um, what I see a lot of people do is beat themselves up for not being where they want to be today. And, you know, I think that kind of mentality ends up kind of holding you back. Um, instead, really kind of leaning into where you are and using that as a springboard, I think is so much healthier. And I'm so happy that I've been able to do that even retrospectively, because uh, I think it makes you a lot more grateful and kind of nimble as an entrepreneur if you do get to that point if that is your interest. I'm so happy that you touched on that. That's something I I feel like Alex and I talk about with, when we share our own personal journeys and and all the pivots that we've made along the way. On paper, you might be thinking like what am I doing? But if I feel like you said if you're learning something every step of the way and you're using that as a springboard or as a stepping stone, it's not a waste of time in any regard. You're just adding more and more skills to your toolbox. So thank you so much. I'm over here going like, "Yes, yes." So I feel like that's going to be happening a lot <laughs> during this episode. Hands in the air. Well, <laughs> hand pump. Uh, so now you are still in corporate. How did you make that transition? What did that look like? You said you didn't even want to become an entrepreneur. So where did that come from? Yeah, so um, it was a couple, um, probably about six months before I left my job as director of content marketing for the global tech sales company. Um, that I started to get that feeling again, like I would get every couple of years, like, oh, I need to do more, like this isn't enough, you know, like I had the six figures, the high six figures and the high bonus. And I had, you know, the work from home slash when I go into the office, it's a cushy corner office, right? And it still is like, oh, this just isn't right, it isn't right, I wanna do something more. And about a year or so prior to that, I have learned about the world of coaching. <laughs> so <laughs> the idea came to me that, you know, I should be a coach for someone, I don't know who, but I want to figure out how to be a coach. And honestly, a lot of the reason that I wanted to do it was to help coach myself. You know, I have no shame in admitting I've had years of therapy for a lot of different things. And, you know, I continue to really value personal and professional development. And I thought when I saw this program, you know, this will help me first and foremost. So I enrolled, like I said, about six months before I quit my job. It was a year-long program, very, very expensive. And at the time, I didn't necessarily see myself as kind of going out on my own and being an entrepreneur. I saw myself maybe working for another company that does you know, business coaching or leadership coaching. But a couple months into the program, right around the time I quit my job, that's the first kind of push that I gave myself into the world of entrepreneurism. And at the time, my focus was being a coach for women struggling with perfectionism. 
spoiler alert, I'm <laughs> still a perfectionist, so that business <laughs> didn't work out. Um, I overthought and overanalyzed everything. So, you know, this whole um, time I was in this coaching program trying to figure out my, you know, coaching niche and all of these things, you know, learning even more about marketing as an entrepreneur, you know, I kind of realized that my brand, my messaging, it didn't really reflect the problem I wanted to solve in the world, which is what I help women with now with Fierce Boss. It really reflected kind of who I was or what I was dealing with, but it didn't go deep into really helping me touch to like a transformational moment that I can help others with. Because like I said, I was still struggling with it. So it kind of felt phony the whole time for me to say, I can help you with perfectionism, where here I am retyping the same email 50 times. So so that didn't quite work out for me. And a couple of personal things happened where I actually ended up going back to the corporate world for about four or five months. Um, but very quickly, you know, in that seat showing up nine to five, I realized this is just not for me. And at that point, after the move to Philadelphia, you know, back in this corporate world, that's when I got the idea for Vacay Beauty. Um, and since then, everything has been kind of crazy. It's been entrepreneur life, no turning back. Love that. So do you have any specific, I'm sure you do, <laughs> with, with all of that, do you have any specific advice to women who are wanting to quit their full-time job to go full-time with their passions? Because even when you were deciding right to go into coaching, you're like, hold up, wait a second, this is not quite where I want to be right now and had to go back so you can come back stronger, right? And I think it's something I know Anna Laura could attest to. We we talk to a lot within our community, like make sure your mission is aligned, right, with the values that you yourself have and, mm-hmm. and that you're in a, a good place for it. So yeah, any advice you have to <laughs> to those women out there who, who maybe are in the, the same place? Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. I mean, So here's how I think about it. You know, I don't think of that coaching business. I mean, I had the website, I had the cards, I was going to networking events, right? So I never got a paying client, but I did a lot of coaching for free. I don't think of it as a failure, but what I would say is um, for me in a way, even though I still do coaching in Fierce Boss, I do brand coaching, um, in a way the perfectionist coaching or that first business idea was more like a hobby than a business. And that's something that I talk a lot to my clients today. Is this a true business? Are you really adding value to people's lives or is this a hobby? So not that perfectionism is a hobby. Obviously it's not, it's hard (laughs) to live with, but talking about it, commiserating about it, learning about it. It's it, for me, it was something that yes was part of me but i didn't really see myself adding value to other people's lives which is why the business in air quotes never took off which is why it ended up kind of being more of a hobby for Mm -hmm. me it wasn't until i started to really understand the idea behind you know having a strong foundation of your value like you said your mission in your business you know your voice your visuals those kinds of things coming together that i said okay now this is what a business is made of so my advice is get really honest with yourself is this a hobby or is this a business opportunity? I think a lot of people want to turn their hobbies into businesses. Mm-hmm. Some people can do that. Some people can't. And you have to get really clear with if it is a hobby that you enjoy doing, does it actually add value to other people's lives? And if the answer is no, then <laughs> don't do it, sister. Because right. <laughs> it's going to be a lot of effort uh, <laughs> that you might look back on and, you know, find wasted to be honest I'm not totally convinced you weren't like somehow fly on the wall with mine and Alex's text conversation earlier like literally <laughs> literally we had this exact literally right before we got on here we were talking about uh, about this exact thing about like does it add add value to other people's lives not just to your life and what you want to do and what you want to talk about but really flipping the script onto mm-hmm. the other onto you know who you want to serve what do they need? What do they want to hear? And that's really where a value-driven business comes from that not only adds value to Absolutely. your audience, but it also adds can has the potential to add more to your bank account 
if we can touch on that. So, <laughs> yes. Yeah. I think too, it, and we always say this, but it, it all goes back to self-awareness. You mm-hmm. know, if, if it's just a hobby, that's okay. Mm-hmm. But stop trying to constantly make it a business because you're going to exhaust yourself. Right. <laughs> right? Like it, it, you need to have that self-awareness to know the difference between the hobby and the business and to be okay with whatever decision mm-hmm. that is for you. And it's not an easy self-awareness, right? Especially when you're pursuing a business or trying to make your hobby into a business. It's not an easy thing. And and like you said, having all these experiences over the course of your life, you, you learn like where you fit and and what's what feels right for you and what doesn't feel aligned and it's okay if you don't know that like the first year you try to start a business or a blog or whatever it might be like it all comes with experience but to always have in the back of your head I just love that you you said that like is this a hobby or is it a business and it's some like screaming it from the mountaintops like maybe naming this episode that yes (laughs) yes I mean here's the thing you know I I think the critical question that a lot of new business owners have to ask themselves is is this is this for me or is this in service of someone else kind of like you mentioned there Anna Laura and you know a, a step further than that is if it is in service of someone else what problem is it solving you know I see a lot of people who want to start a business or you know they say that their end goal is just to make other people happy well <laughs> you can make other people happy with the hobby of creating your crafts right? right but is it really solving a problem for someone and um you know i think that's what really makes the difference between you know a, a business again being in service of someone else helping someone or group of people mm-hmm. solve their problems versus just doing something because it makes you feel good. You absolutely should do the things that make you feel good, but you have to understand that a business is more than that if you want to get people to trust you, to give you their time, which is our most precious, mm-hmm. you know, asset and mm-hmm. their money, which is a second very precious <laughs> asset. So I'm so yes. happy we're having this real honest to goodness conversation. Um, I think it's very timely because literally, mm-hmm. like I said, Alex and I were just talking about all of this and we're on the first what like 15 minutes 20 minutes of of this episode we haven't even gotten to like (laughs) the bulk of what we wanted to talk about and there's always already been so much value added to this episode so good thank you already (laughs) yes girl we just get right in there's no time wasting here yes i've literally since the first moment we met it's like okay skip skip the the you know surface level talk like let's get down to (laughs) to it like ask the real questions so so, okay, now you have decided that you want to, you know, pursue the entrepreneurial path. And I know we're going to, like, wrap up this this portion really quick because we do want to dive more into um, some fierce email marketing. Yes. But we, we'd love to know kind of how all, all this came together. You, you have now left corporate. You're kind of in the coaching field, and you decided you want to work with people in or with um, – businesses excuse me with with their marketing more or less yeah Um, so can you dive a little bit into that and kind of you know the biggest lessons there that that you've learned yeah so there's just a little bit of a gap there and i'll cover it really briefly when i so it was corporate job to this perfectionist coach back to the corporate world and upon being miserable again back in the corporate world a girlfriend over drinks randomly brought up this idea of mobile spray tanning and i'm thinking why the hell would i do that <laughs> you know i'm i'm a marketing <laughs> professional i'm a corporate professional why would i go into people's homes and spray tan them and i started researching the idea got super excited not about the spray tanning but about the idea of building a brand and doing something different because you know that's what i did for the last 10 years is help companies or leaders with building a brand. So out of that, Vacay Beauty was born, which is my my first official profitable company. And um, I've been doing that since February 2019. Now I have a storefront. And over the course of the past year and a half, um, honestly, it was a couple months after I started Vacay Beauty that I started to really I guess, realize and get that confidence myself. Like you said, Alex, you have to try a couple of different things. And I started to realize, okay, 
holy crap, I'm pretty good at this branding and marketing thing. Like maybe I should help teach other people. <laughs> and what did I do? You know, at that point I had already um, been great friends with both of you. And I worked with Anna Laura now a year ago to do my first photo shoot for Fierce Boss, literally a year ago. And, you know, was super oh passionate gosh. about that idea then, teaching others how to do branding, doing logo design, websites, all this stuff I've done in my career. Mm -hmm. However, that first business baby was booming. I had opened my storefront. I had, you know, I still have, you know, hundreds and hundreds of clients. So I really didn't have the time and energy to kind of put into Fierce Boss. In February of this year, so over a year after I started Vacay Beauty and almost a year since I had that initial photo shoot for you know this Fierce Boss website, I finally had that breathing room to say, okay, now that Vacay Beauty is established and doing well, I'm gonna be hiring someone, I can finally focus on this other business. Um, so literally within two days, I came up with a logo, I built the whole website, um, which in all transparency, now I hate and I wanna completely redo, of course. But I did finally <laughs> use Anna Laura's stunning photos that she took. Um, and you know that's how long it took to kind of get all of that together. Um, now with everything that's going on, I'm kind of juggling both businesses businesses and it's actually been kind of a blessing because I do have more time for the marketing business and have been able to do a lot in the last couple months but that's the full journey so now that we know definitely <laughs> happy to go into the topic of email marketing or anything else because that is I think such an incredibly important strategy for your business once you figure out that is the route you want to take yes well before we dive into that I do want to touch a little bit about what you said about timing and just being really patient with yourself like you had this dream in the back of your mind for well over a year that you wanted to do this thing because I, I remember you talking about fierce mm -hmm. bosco obviously because we're doing the photo shoot and yeah. you know t it taking quote unquote as long as it did but knowing that like timing is everything we say this mm -hmm. so much like be, giving yourself grace mm -hmm. for that and knowing that just because it's a no for now doesn't mean it can't come back bigger and better and stronger in the future. And I think that's exactly what you've done. You know, how do you launch it right when you had the idea as we entrepreneurs often want to do like, poof, there's an mm -hmm. idea. Let's just do it. Um, <laughs> you know, you, you saw more of a, a planned approach to it and allowed yourself that breathing room. And like I said, just giving yourself grace and being willing to, to say no for now and and show up stronger later. That's I think something us all of us entrepreneurs, business owners, creatives can take note of that it's okay to say no for now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hard as heck, but you know, <laughs> you, my husband, he's really the one who, so who hard. helped direct me. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, he always said, you know, right now the gold is in vacay beauty right it is a profitable business it is what's paying the bills mm -hmm. and you know as much as we all especially women we mm -hmm. want to do it all we want to do all the things and make mm -hmm. everything come to life sometimes you do have to focus and slow down and so i'm i'm glad that i did because i think the more time you know there's a lot of talk out there of just take action take action be messy be messy but i think sometimes when you do give yourself that time to really think things through and have that introspection, it allows you to come out so much more strongly, mm -hmm. you know, um, which is, I feel like that's mm -hmm. been my experience. So I'm grateful for that. Yeah. And there's a difference between doing it and being messy with like a plan <laughs> and just like doing it messy without any sort of plan, you know, like, yeah. messy is fine. You know, we don't always have to be perfect and, and aim to have perfectionism in every single thing. But I love how you said, you know, having a planned approach and then like, all right, right. now let's throw some yeah. stuff at the wall and, yeah. <laughs> and see what sticks. Exactly. Oh, yeah, it's changing. Yeah, it's changing it's for sure. Always changing. But at least it's out there, right? <laughs> I mean, um, but I think it's it's that thinking about. So for me, you know, back to what we talked about earlier, I really wanted to get my value straight. It's like, yes, I can do all of these things, but I can't do all of these things for everybody. So it wasn't until I really narrowed down and said, my specific value is marketing strategy and helping people to create these fierce 
brands, um, be it brand identity, be it logo design, be it website design, and specifically female entrepreneurs, that then all of a sudden everything mm. clicked. Because before that, I was like, beauty businesses, mm. anybody, anybody, you know, who has bread hair, <laughs> like I was all over the place. Um, so I think having that time to really focus down, again, allows you to come out of the gate a little mm. stronger. Again, more snaps, more hand palms, more like... <laughs> Everybody's just nodding their head. <laughs> and and you should be yes. too. If you're listening to this, uh, you know, if you're driving, keep your hands on the wheel. But otherwise, we want to see some fist pumps. So, okay, we yes. are going to shift gears a little, well, a lot bit now <laughs> to, like we said, email marketing. That is one of the most effective ways to stay in touch with your audience and really get to know them. So we're so pumped to dive in with you and get you know a little bit behind the scenes of your email marketing course, which is live in your member portal, ladies. So if you are a member of the Shishans Academy, you don't want to miss out on this, definitely go ahead, log in, check out Sasha and all her fierceness, but we're gonna dive in here too. So using email marketing to turn your list into paying clients. Without giving too much away, what would be your number yes. one tip to convert subscribers into clients? Well, besides have you know, an email marketing plan. Um, I think, you know, a lot of people are really intimidated by an email marketing list. They wonder how the heck do I start one? What do I say to people? You know, what if I only have my mom on the list? What if I only have 20 people on the list? And, and here's the thing, you know, we talk about this in the course. At, at any point, your Instagram, your Facebook, your Twitter, your Pinterest, all of that can just poof, be gone, okay? Your followers, you don't own that. If your account gets hacked and deleted, that's it. Mm -hmm. Everything you've worked on is gone. Your email list is the only thing you own in terms of communicating with your clients or potential clients, people who might be interested in working with you or buying from you. So my number one piece of advice is to, if you have a business, create find a way to get people's emails essentially that's the most blunt way to do it and the way that i recommend that you do that in the course specifically is by offering something of value so gone are the days where you can put on your website you know join our newsletter <laughs> drop your email to learn from us right. or hear from us like no one cares no one just wants to hear from you we all have enough junk in our email so you need to give something of value mm -hmm. but guess what in order to do that you have to know what the heck people want from you so you've got to have your your voice your visuals your value figured out you've got to know what the problem is that you're solving for other people and who those other people are in your business in order to create something, to give them something, whether it's a discount code, a freebie, a guide, whatever, um, in order to entice them to give you their email. So that's my hmm. number one piece of advice. Give people something that they want so that you can get their email and continue to build that relationship with them. Love that. <laughs> Just to say it again for the people in the back, Give people what they right. want, not what you want, what they want, and offer something valuable. Uh, I love that, Sasha. And we talked about the importance in having an email a list, right, in addition to Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, because all of Instagram and Facebook's CEOs, right. they could decide one day, gone. Your followers are gone. Now, how are you going to communicate with all the people who are double tapping right. and liking and commenting and all your posts, right? So when do you recommend the right time is to actually begin building that email list? Uh, for me, I think it's from day one. Um, mm -hmm. Now I will say with Fierce Boss, um, I have not personally done the best with my email list. It hasn't been my focus because the business really started out out of the gate with more clients, honestly, that I can handle in terms of uh, logo design and website design. And I'm only one person. So for me, I will be completely transparent with you. I haven't made it a priority for Fierce Boss. However, the right time is if you are a business and you decide I want to grow, that's the right time. So <laughs> in my rebrand of Fierce Boss, in my changing of my website, that's my number one priority. No one really cares what your logo looks like. No one really cares what your website looks like as long as it is selling for you and as long as you're offering value. So for me, that way to grow Fierce Boss 
in the same way that I've done for Vacay Beauty is using an email list. And I'll tell you with Vacay Beauty, it was built into day one launch. And now over a year later, I have over 800 clients and well over half of them are on my email list. I have almost five, 600 people um, that I communicate with regularly. So even if they don't see my social media posts, I send them an email, you know, and I have a 30 to 45% open rate that's 200, 300 people directly listening what I have to say, listening to what I have to say, and most of the time taking action because I had mm-hmm. it set up on day one. No, I'm, Love yeah, I'm, all of that. sorry, I have so many <laughs> thoughts going through my head that I want to get out, but huh? no, I just think, um, one, the, the open rate. So you touched on that and I feel like a lot of people would hear, oh, 30 to 45% open rate. Well, that doesn't seem like a lot. Like, let me just tell you 30 to 45% open rate for emails is huge because most in 2020, most companies really only get maybe 10. Oh yeah. <laughs> like 10% open mm-hmm. rate. So the fact that you're able to consistently communicate with 30 to 40% yep. of, yeah. you know, your, your email list, like you said, hundreds of people, um, is I, I think truly commendable. What would you say is kind of the secret sauce there to getting, you know, once you mm-hmm. have this email list, how do you nurture that? How do you get people to continue coming back for more? Yeah. Great question. I think there's two things. One is I'd say more high level strategic. And the other one is kind of a tactical thing that a lot of people can learn, anyone can learn. Um, the, the strategic aspect of it is, as we've been talking about, I wish that you know we either got a quarter or took a shot for every time one of us yeah. said value in this podcast so far. We'd either be rich or drunk. Yeah. Both are good options for me. But, Alternate podcast. But, <laughs> name. Yeah, why not? Um, but you know, the strategic thing is you have to offer value, right? So in Vacay Beauty, it can be so easy for me for every single email to just be sale, 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 buy more, buy more, buy more. But it's not. I make a concerted effort to make sure that I'm offering value by way of sharing mm-hmm. videos that I've created, by way of sharing blogs, by way of being personal and actually opening up with people. You know, one of my emails that performed the highest was the most personal email I've ever written to my community. And it was uh, shortly after um, this whole lockdown happened and I kind of shared a personal story of what was going on in my personal life. I mean, I had probably 25 people reply back just to say, this is amazing, blah, blah, blah. That does not happen often when you are a company with an email list. And even though 25% might be, what, five per, or 25 people might be 5% of my email list, if those 25% feel or 25 people feel more connected to me um, and want to then take mm-hmm. action, aka mm-hmm. buy things from me, that's incredible. So um, again, that strategic piece of mm-hmm. advice is to offer value, not just try to make that sale. So um, in the marketing world, we kind of call that doing more brand marketing versus direct marketing. Direct marketing is here's my offer, here's my offer. Brand marketing Mm -hmm. is really building that relationship and saying, here's who I am and I want you to be a part of that. So that's, I think, really important to continue to cultivate that relationship and get people to want to open your emails. Um, And then the second thing, kind of more tactical, is you have to have a freaking good subject line. You have to get people's interest, you know? You can't just say 50% mm-hmm. off sale and then wonder why is no one opening this or new course launched. Like no one cares. <laughs> Again, with your subject line, you have to pique people's interest. You have to get people curious. You have to shock them. You you know, you can do any of these things. I'm not saying you have to do them all at once. Um, you have to solve their problem. Um, again, in the course, I give you really specific uh tips and tricks to how you can create Mm. an uh, email subject line that actually gets people's attention, stops the scroll in their, you know, in their email inbox and gets them to click on your email. Yeah, that's great because it's something that Anna, Laura, and I too, like when we do our email list, we're like, okay, subject line, <laughs> let's think about this. Yeah. And and we even, you know, do our, talk about market research, like what makes us want to open up an email, you know, <laughs> from Lululemon or Rent the Runway or Chipotle, like whatever it might, whoever is sending you emails, right? Because you know, right. there's the, those emails that you never open and you're constantly hitting delete until that one day you're just like, all right, unsubscribe, right? And you don't want to end right. in the um 
delete to unsubscribe pile and I really enjoyed that you touched on, you know, mm-hmm. the importance in having a really good subject line that ties back into everything that we that we've said before is offering value, right? And giving your audience what they want and not just what you want and what you think sounds cute or cool and, you know, which which is fine, but like it's not going to convert those right clients to sub- those subscribers, excuse me, to clients, which is which is the goal. You know, with the and with the subject lines, you know, I'm not I'm not going to say that I'm a pro or any of us are born pros. Right. It takes practice. And I think the number one thing, especially with email marketing, is you have to get comfortable with your analytics. You know, gone are the days if you want to be a successful entrepreneur and actually make money and have a business, not a hobby. You need to get familiar with your analytics. So if you send an email out and it flops, you know, maybe it's your subject line. Maybe it's just you didn't send you sent it at a bad time like you have to get into whatever email marketing system you're in and really see how your emails perform if you're starting to see a trend oh when i do these kind of subject lines or i have this kind of content they perform better well then you want to do more of that um so that that's something that's you know it's been a learning experience for me um just starting to really understand in the last six to eight months what my email base really wants and being able to give them more of that and I think for a lot of people it's that personal connection and that value I think that's really true too for just any sort of content like really getting to know like experimenting not being afraid of putting a post out that flops like if you're just starting out and this is a business like we talked about earlier or a hobby and you're wanting to see it like create an engaged community that is excited about what you're going to do next. Don't be afraid to just get out there and try some stuff on for size, see what works, see what doesn't, and then create more of that content that adds what ladies value. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Little known secret. Um, marketing is just one big freaking game of trial and error. You know, there are so many people out there, you know, myself included, that want to give you advice. But at the end of the day, every business, every niche, every, you know, message, every brand is so different. And you won't know what works for you unless you're willing to get out there, try probably fail, try again, right? That's what really sets a business apart. Um, You know, that willingness, I think, to continue to try and fail and try and fail and try again um, until you kind of figure out, okay, this is what is going to make this work. That's why a lot of businesses do fail in the first year to two years. It's not until you get through that hump and really start to understand things you know, by way of everything we're talking about here that I think you can really thrive. And I think that goes back to that conversation of, you know, just knowing that things take time and being okay with that. (laughs) So earlier you talked a little bit about the difference between brand marketing and direct marketing. Uh, And you were sharing some really great ideas of the the type of content that you share within your own email list. Can you maybe sum sum up for us some do's and don'ts of the difference between email marketing and social media marketing, what we should be including in those email lists, what we should not be including and how the platforms may work differently. Yeah, great question. So so just a little clarification on brand marketing versus direct marketing. A grant, again, brand marketing is going to be the marketing that you're doing to really help people connect to your brand, learn who you are, learn what you stand for, learn about the problems that you solve for other people. Um, and direct marketing is really going to be about saying, I've got this offer for you. So um, it's going to be more direct as the name kind of implies to say, hey, we're running a sale or here's our item, learn about you know our item, our service, whatever. Brand marketing, again, it's going to be that kind of bigger holistic picture. Um, And so you can do both of those things via an email list and via social media marketing. You should be doing both of those things. In my opinion, you should really be doing 70, if not 80% of brand marketing um, and only 20 to 30% of direct marketing. Otherwise, that's where you start to get that like you're being a little too salesy kind of thing. So with social media marketing, you know, from my experience, in my opinion, you're doing a lot of brand marketing 
because you're really helping people to understand who you are, what you stand for. You know, that's really important to communicate when you're doing brand marketing um, to help people to understand, you know, your values as a business, as an entrepreneur, as well as, again, how you can solve problems. Again, with social media, you're going to be doing that in really kind of short forms, um, obviously focusing on like photos and videos and things like that in an email. I do think that you have a little bit of liberty to go a little bit longer form. Now, no one wants to read a novel, but you know, you want to be able to really make that connection happen. Um, so you do have a little bit more of an ability to really kind of speak directly to that person. Whereas I think on social media, a lot of times our messaging can be a little bit more broad. When I do email marketing specifically to my vacay beauty clients or potential clients, I'm really envisioning that I'm speaking to one person. And I think some people will argue that you can do that for both. But I think, again, with email marketing, you have a little bit more of an opportunity, I guess, to do almost like a personalized message, um, a personalized package of value, our favorite word. Um, and also, you don't do it as often, right? So that's the other big difference. You're not going to be popping into people's emails every day like you might be posting every day or even multiple times a day. So I think that email really has to have a little bit more juiciness in terms of that value package um, where on social media it's really more about just that showing up that consistency of showing up that relevancy that you're trying to build with that potential customer or even current customer i really love that you touched on again once again adding value this time in the form of your emails or your content whatever it is you're putting out but i've always heard like add value, 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 add, 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 then ask, you know? And so again, going back to kind of that 80, 20 rule or 90, 10 rule, whatever it is, wherever you fall on the spectrum, um, really once again, everyone, if you haven't heard the moral of the story is add value. Don't just try to be a billboard, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think too, with social media, you know, again, you want to connect with that individual potentially, mm -hmm. but it's, you got to remember it's a, it's a social thing, right? So social media is about building this community and yes, you might have that community aspect with a large list, but for the most part, again, the way that I treat it is you're trying to make that connection one person at a time. You're only showing up in mm -hmm. one person's email inbox that they can see, right? They don't see people liking, they don't see people commenting, they don't see people engaging with that single email from you. So it's your opportunity to really make an impact. Where again, on social media, I think it's more about building a community around your brand. Mm -hmm. So I think that's why messaging can be like a little bit wider sometimes. You don't have to be quite mm -hmm. as specific and make that impact with that, that money moment of showing up in someone's inbox. I love that this conversation has turned into so much more than just <laughs> just about emails, right? It's really about the community building and about obviously adding all the amazing value that your brand can bring to someone's life. We really appreciate all the amazing content that you do share in your course as well. So if y'all thought this was value driven and adding value to your earbuds, well, ladies, just you know, we can't wait to hear what you think about Sasha's course in the She Shines Academy. So Sasha, really quick, where can our audience connect with you? Where can they find you? So you gals and guys or whoever's listening, you can find me on Instagram. Um, it's at fierceboss.co, C-O, um, or my website, fierceboss.co. And if you have any questions about email marketing, um, branding, website design, I also do free half hour, I call them fierce strategy sessions. Um, and if you'd like to schedule one of those, you can find that info on the website or just email me at info at fierceboss.co. So all the ways to get in touch. I love it. I love it. So now we're going to get into our rapid fire question round. So here's the scene. If you've listened to our podcast, you know the drill. So first of all, Sasha, what is your favorite beverage to order either in a coffee shop or maybe we're out getting cocktails for happy hour? What are you going to order? So I don't go to a ton of coffee shops because admittedly I can only have one cup of coffee a day or my stomach 
just falls apart. <laughs> so if we're out, I have to say all those years of living in Colorado have made me a crazy, crazy craft beer fan. I love a good IPA. So I am going a hazy, hoppy IPA every time. <laughs> hoppy IPA. I love it. So you're, we're out at the bar. It's happy hour. You're, you're about to order your hazy, hoppy IPA. And someone's like, oh my gosh, it's Sasha, the Sasha Fierce from Fierce Boss Co. Mm-hmm. Let me ask her three questions. And here she goes. Alex. Number one, Sasha, love that hoppy IPA <laughs> that you ordered. Um, what's your favorite way to connect with new people? My favorite way to connect with new people is ask them a lot of questions. (laughs) I'm an extrovert, but I honestly don't love talking about myself. I love getting other people to talk about themselves so I can sit and listen to someone's story all day long. We can vouch for that one. (laughs) (laughs) Number two, how can I create community in my life or business? So I think you just have to put yourself out there. You know, when I connected with Anna Laura initially, I I think, you know, I found you girls on Instagram and I just straight up messaged her and said, hey, will you work with me on this project? I'd love to get to know you. Uh, I really like what you're about. You know, here's what I'm about. You know, I think it is it is time that we women are bold and own our awesome as well as recognize the incredible spirit of others. And so I think it's just about leaning into that fierce energy and, you know, going for it. If you see someone that you like, if you see someone that you want to have that connection with or multiple people, um, you know, you have to take that personal responsibility to build that community. You can't wait for that to just fall into your lap. Unfortunately, got to do the work, sister. Preach it. (laughs) And last one, we're going to cheers our hazy happy IPA. And she wants to know, Sasha, how do you get your fill of girl talk? So definitely by being invited to awesome podcasts like this and, you know, hanging out with you ladies, chatting with you ladies. Um, And again, I think, you know, you've got to take that, that personal responsibility and reach out if you need something, you know, a lot of times we get wrapped up in our own lives and things that are going on. And I know for me, I've got, you know, my select few girls that when I need something or I have a feeling that they need something, I try to show up for them. Um, So whether that's texting or FaceTime or, previously known life as getting together for happy hour (laughs) (laughs) that you know those are some of my favorite ways to connect and get that girl talk oh I love it yes thank you so much for not only sharing your amazing email marketing tips with us but getting real with us Mm -hmm. and sharing your your whole you know personal and, and career journey And we will link all of Sasha's information so you guys can send her your marketing questions and offer value (laughs) and slide into those DMs. And until next time, ladies, we will catch you on the next episode of the She Shines podcast. Keep shining. Thank you so much for joining us on the She Shines podcast. Before you go, be sure you subscribe so you don't miss out on the next episode. Plus, we would love to hear what you enjoyed most. So share a takeaway and be sure to tag us at SheXShines. And lastly, please take a sec to leave a thoughtful review or pass this episode on to someone you feel could use it. Until next time, keep shining. Cheers, girlfriend.